Awesome. Well, I want to start reading James. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too. Say, me too. You too. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Mother Teresa sets a pretty high bar in terms of like radical discipleship, but it's a beautiful how her life given to the Lord working with God in the midst of pain is actually uh, the simplest of acts. She tells a story of one time going out into the streets of Calcutta one evening She says, we went out as we normally did, looking to see who was abandoned and left alone and dying on the streets. And we picked up four people from the street. She said, one of them was in a terrible condition. And I told the sisters who were with me, you take care of the other three. I will take this one who is the worst off. And so I did for her all that love can do. I put her in bed, and there was such a beautiful smile on her face. She took hold of my hand as she said one word only, thank you, and she died. One of Mother Teresa's biographers said that Mother Teresa left happiness to find joy. The difference between happiness And joy is that happiness avoids suffering and joy endures suffering in hope. And I say that again. The difference between happiness and joy is that happiness does all it can do to avoid suffering. And joy endures suffering in hope. So again, verse 8 of James You too be patient. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. You too be patient and stand firm. There's the endurance piece, endurance and suffering. Because the Lord's coming is near, there's the hope piece. Endure and suffering. To say that Mother Teresa left happiness to find joy means that she went towards suffering in hope. We've been talking this last month about pain. We've been talking about our personal pain. We've been talking about the pain in our neighborhood, the pain of place, in the people that we know and the people we love in one another. Um, we have talked a couple weeks ago about how in Romans 8, all creation groans in agony waiting for the revelation of God, waiting for God to heal this world, to bring new creation. And then it piles on top of that. All humanity is groaning in agony, waiting with anticipation, groaning for God to come and make all things right. And then we find, remember, another one groaning with creation, with humanity. And it is Jesus. He also groans. He groans with us in our suffering. He groans in words that we 
uh, in words incomprehensible, and he carries our pain up into the presence of, of God, and our pain is transformed and brought uh, healing, transformation, as he prays in accordance to God's will and love. And, and then last week we talked about it's not all about groaning. There's an, there is um, permission to groan and to protest in the midst of pain, to lament, but there's also this invitation alongside groaning to rejoice in our suffering, to take joy in our suffering, not in the suffering itself, but because number one, remember, our suffering is a meeting place with Jesus. Like we, uh, in our suffering is this special place and space is carved out to meet with Jesus and have Jesus minister and heal. He's not only our co-sufferer, he's our savior, he's our healer. And as we meet with Jesus in our suffering, we are being transformed. And that's another reason we rejoice, remember? We can take joy in suffering because that's the place of our formation. That's the place of our sanctification. That's the place where we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And then finally, remember, we crushed some flowers. And as we crushed those flowers, uh, an aroma was released, a scent. And we were, we were remember, uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, it says, uh, a sweet, we are jars of clay. We have this treasure in jars of clay, and the glory of God is revealed. It says in 1 Peter, in our suffering, the glory of God is revealed. And so just when a Christian is trampled underneath the foot of this pain and suffering, uh, a, a sweet aroma, the revelation of, of God's glory is released, not only into our own lives, we get a sweeter taste of God. Jesus and who he is and his glory, but also to the lives around us. Jesus is revealed. And so that's where we've been today. So we've, we've, we've seen that we weep with God and God weeps with us. And that we also worship with God in the midst of suffering and pain. And now we're, we're I just want to wrap this up, that there's, we work with God. There's work to be done, to be done in the midst of pain and suffering. We lament, we weep, we wait, and we also work with Jesus in our pain as we weep. Again, be patient, James says, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. This word patience, um, I took Latin for uh, four years, eight semesters in college. Aren't you impressed? And this is when I get to use it right now, right here. The word, the, the root word of patience in the English, we're not talking Greek, but the, the Latin, it's patior, patior, which means to suffer. So to be patient, a call and an invitation to be patient is actually a call into suffering. It's into, to, it's hard to wait, right? And so much pain involves waiting. And that's what we're invited into is this long suffering, this patience to endurance, Suffering requires patience. And James points us to the farmer as an example, right? He points us to farming as an example of how to endure with patience suffering. So patient like a farmer, all right? That's the, that's the call. That's the invitation. Oh, hey, a cat. It's actually the first cat we've had in here. We've had dogs. And we've had all kinds of various people. 
Wow, cool. Just don't, just, just let him be. He's here to worship the Lord. All creation, right? All creation. As long as he doesn't attack me. Could you actually shut that door so he doesn't, like, get lost in here? Yeah. Do you? All right, cool. All right. Ignore the cat. Jedi, Jedi mind. Ignore the cat. We're to be patient like a farmer. So James points us to farming as an illustration. And here's the thing about farming. It's a co, it's a cooperation with God. It's a partnership with God. This is what's really awesome about farming, that God causes the growth. There's no growth without God, but there's no crops without farmers. That it's a, it's a synergy, it's a cooperation, it's a partnership in bringing out a yield of the land, out of the land. And so James points us, like, be like a farmer. So farming um, uh, is really slow work. Every once in a while, we go to Illinois to visit Joanna's family where she grew up in the middle of a, a cornfield. And you see, it is a long process. It's like a whole year kind of endeavor where you break up the soil you fertilize the soil, you put seeds in the soil, you fertilize the soil, you water the soil again, and you wait, and you pray that the weather doesn't take it, and you work. And so farming is slow work. It's painful work. It involves blisters. It involves sunburns. It involves tears and blisters and sore muscles and early mornings and late evenings. And uh, long periods of time where there are seemingly no results to, the end, to your labor. You just see dirt for weeks and weeks and months and months. You don't know what's happening. Our kids um, got this earlier this year. They've been doing a lot with, I think they were studying weather patterns and photosynthesis. And so they got some little planters and they planted some seeds and they pushed the seed into the ground, into the little soil, right? And maybe you did this when you were a kid, right, in elementary school. And you, you want to take them out, Walter? Are you going to? Yeah, thanks, Walter. <laughs> thanks, Walter. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> so they got these uh, little soils, and then they, they, uh, they plant the seed, and then they wait. And they get up in the next morning, and they're like, is there any growth? No growth. We're going to wait. They water it. They make sure the soil is loose. They mess with it. They get up the next morning. Anything? No. No. Day after day. And then finally, with great excitement and joy, right? You bring me the plump little soil thing. And it's like, there's a little tiny green thing that bursts through the soil. That's the slow, painful work. So I have been waking up pretty early the last few weeks, maybe six, eight weeks, a couple months, like four in the morning. This morning I was up at 3.30. I've been awake since then. I've had a lot on my mind, so I'll just be real with you. Like I've had a lot on my mind, and if, if the slightest thing wakes me up, then my mind is racing. I'm a little, I've got some anxiety, and I'm just trying to figure stuff out. I've got, I, I, I hold some worry and some um, just trying to, f like what, yeah, worrying about the neighborhood and our community and our place in this neighborhood and how do we move forward? Is there going to be breakthrough in our neighbor's lives? Is there going to be breakthrough in our community's life? What, you know, and, and so I'm working through that with, with Jesus and I'm, I'm, I'm noticing some anxiety and, 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 
and some uh, probably over self-reliance, right? And so I'm up, up, up early. And so I read this quote one morning in the dark, sitting there in sadness and silence. And if you ever have read Eugene Peterson, he's a great, great author to read. And uh, there's a quote. Oh, thank you. Carolyn, good job. The person who looks for quick results in the seed planting of well-doing will be disappointed. There's no next day delivery or same day delivery, Amazon Prime in the kingdom of God. For quick, the one who looks for quick results in the seed planting of well-doing will be disappointed. If I want potatoes for dinner tomorrow, it will do me a little good to go out and plant potatoes in my garden tonight. There are long stretches of darkness and invisibility and silence that separate planting and reaping. During the stretches of waiting, there is cultivating and weeding and nurturing and planting still other seeds. So I have this question that I want to ask you. What's the plot of ground in your life in which you are experiencing long stretches of darkness, silence, and painful waiting? What's the plot of ground? What's the painful plot where you're, you're not seeing breakthrough, you're not seeing movement, there's just dirt? You know, I think one reason I'm awake at night is because I've done some cultivating, I've done some tilling of the soil, I've done some seed planting, and um, just like... Uh, well, my kids weren't that impatient, but just like a child who's planted a seed and looks for a couple days for growth, a lot of times those little planters get left because I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of watching and I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to water. I'm not going to fertilize something that I'm not getting results from. And so we can walk away in the seed planting of all doing because we just get discouraged So I want to ask you, what's that plot of land where you're not seeing breakthrough, that painful um, place where you're, you're wondering even if it's worth, maybe you've already walked away from it. Maybe you've stopped looking for fruit. Maybe you've given up. Um, Is it your marriage? Is it a relationship with your child or or your children? Is it uh, physical sickness or chronic pain that you're just tired of? praying for and looking for and waiting for, and you've done enough waiting and weeping, you're not into working it out with Jesus anymore. Your addiction, maybe, your mental health, a difficult relationship, your parents, a relationship with your parents, a, a family dynamic. What, where, what's that plot of ground that's it's just painful that you're waiting for growth? And it's not there. There's darkness and silence. It's hard because different crops take different amounts of time, right? There, there, some crops spring up right away. They're usually called weeds, right? Weeds like grow like that. They grow like weeds, right? And you don't want them, and they grow quickly. We've got a weed in our backyard. It's a huge, ginormous tree, one of these uh, elms. It's just some seed, and it took off, and it grows. Like I can basically watch it grow. Like I go, it just grows, 
And then we planted two trees in our backyard and they've literally been like twigs sticking out of the ground for two weeks, uh, two years. Like there's no growth. Every, every time there's just like a little leaf that spreads out to let you know it's alive. And then like retreats back in the winter. And I'm like, and then I'm like, what? So certain crops take different amounts of time. Certain areas of your life take different amounts of time uh, to grow. And some of the, the seeds you plant, some of the soil and the crops that you're looking to grow are going to take a long time. There's going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of weeping. There's going to be a lot of waiting um, there. There's a, have you heard of a century plant? Um, I've got a picture of it. These things are pretty beautiful. They're mostly in like Texas, California, Mexico. I think there's some in uh, around here. But these things bloom once in their life. And they're called century plants because it feels like they only bloom once every 100 years. They actually bloom um, every like 10 to 30 years. But they just bloom once at the end of their life. So you could plant a century plant at 50 years old, water it faithfully, tend to it, make sure it's awesome, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good for 20 years and die, right, before you saw the result of your work and of your labor. So some soil you are cultivating will take years of laboring with Jesus as you weep and wait and work for him. Hebrews eleven thirteen is this great hall of faith chapter, right? These faithful um, men and women who followed Jesus into great suffering and great challenge. And, and some of them saw the efforts of their labor, but many did not, right? And it says all these people were still living by faith when they died. They were waiting for that century plant to sprout. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. But can I, I want to tell you something. They see it now because life didn't end at their death. They see it now. In, in Hebrews 12, it says, you are therefore, therefore, in light of these faithful believers, therefore, you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who's the cloud of witnesses cheering us on, seeing the fruits of their labor, seeing uh, the, the, the kingdom of God move forward, seeing Jesus come and rise from the dead. There is a guy named Robert Moffat. He's a 19th century Scottish missionary. It took him three years. Everyone say three years. Three years to get to his plot of ground, to get to the mission field where he was going. Three years. Then he and his wife labored for 10 years, building relationships, planting, sowing seeds, where they planted themselves for 10 years and they saw zero fruit. And then on year 10, thank you. On year 10, in a span of three years, they went from zero to 120 people who gave their lives to Jesus and began to grow. What if they walked away? It's year six, seven, or eight, or nine. Just tired of waiting, tired of cultivating, tired of tilling the soil, tired of working with Jesus to do that work. I'm also reminded of William Wilberforce. William Wilberforce, pretty cool guy. When he was converted, when he started following Jesus, he said, 
I am sickened by slavery in England and Great Britain, the slave trade. And he sought to put an end to it. And he worked for 48 years. It repealed year after year after year after year, the Slavery Abolition Act. And until three days before he died, the Slavery Abolition Act passed. So 48 years. Is this encouraging? Super encouraging, right? You, you, you spend your life, but this is the deal. Remember, First Peter last week, we ought not to be surprised, brothers and sisters, when you undergo various trials, right? We're not to be surprised. You're to expect suffering in the work of the kingdom. We're suffering as we press into pain and places of pain and live in a world of pain. We're not to be surprised that they're suffering, weeping and groaning. All creation groans. We groan. Jesus groans. And yet, there's work to be done. We work. We work. We labor. We are co-laborers with Jesus, cultivating the soil of our lives and of, the, of our neighborhood and of the people that God has brought into our lives. And we are waiting with Jesus. We are weeping with Jesus. And we are also working with him to bring healing and transformation. That's the only way God does it. He does it through his people. He does it through his church. And so there are many ways we work with God in the seed planting of good in the soil, in the investment you're making in that, that soil and that relationship and that, in that area of life and uh, whatever that soil is. But I want to call us, I want to mention and call us only to one right now, and that is prayer. Because that's, that's, a, that's a work of co-laboring love with Jesus that um, I often neglect. But I, it seems to be that scripture over and over again says this is actually where you have um, uh, some of the most impact is on your knees, is in prayer. Some mysterious way, I don't understand it. As I've kind of come to like learning more and more about my faith and the mystery of, of God, like I have no idea how prayer works or, or matters at all. But it does. And it's one of the ways we labor, we work with Jesus, that our prayers actually move the needle in the, the, the work of healing pain and suffering in our lives and in the world. So prayer, I just want to invite us to prayer at the places of pain. Prayer at the places of pain is your participation with God. Now, there's other things. There's love, there's service, there's grace, there's forgiveness, there's mercy, there's starting um, uh, nonprofits, there's, there's big and small things to do, right? There's giving of your time and of your money and of your talent. But, but let's, let's start, I just want to call us to prayer. Because if you're not praying, uh, we're, we're slipping into self-reliance. We're slipping into waking up at three in the morning and sitting on the couch in the dark, Right? Uh, we need to we need to invite God into this space because He's already at work and we join His work, and so let's pray at those places of pain, the pain points of our neighborhood that we've talked about. Let's pray about those 
hurting and suffering and addiction. Let's pray about the injustices. Let's pray. Let's pray for the people we love and care about. Let's pray for the neighbors that we desire to have wholeness and healing. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for our community to experience unity and, and, and depth. Let's pray for joy in suffering. Let's pray for our children. Let's pray for our marriages. Let's pray for um, mental health and physical healing. Let's pray. Let's cooperate. Let's work with God. Let's be farmers. And as we wait and weep, let's work with God. God brings the growth, but there's no crop without the farmer, without the church, some way, some mysterious way. So in response to this, here we go. I brought you guys a little patch of soil, and I brought you guys a little seed, a bean to plant. This is your prayer plant. Now, it might be cheesy, but I'm telling you what, I want you to take your prayer plant. I want you to come up and get, come on up and get, grab a seed, grab a soil, grab a plot of land. Come on up. Come on, guys. Come on. I want you to grab a plot of soil, and I want this to represent, there's about 20 of them, um, so maybe each household, and there's probably plenty for um, others. Yeah, grab a seed. Here, just grab one of these seeds in here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is your prayer plant. This is your plot. This symbolizes your plot of land, your plot of pain, your, your the the plot there where there's silence and darkness and waiting and confusion and, and you're wondering. And I want you to take that seed right now as an act of faith. And as an act of, of, of surrender and, and commitment to co-working with God in this place of pain. And I want you to press it into the soil, all right? I want you to plant it. Plant some seeds of good. Yeah, come on up, man. Push that in there. I know, it's okay. The cat is fine. He's our friend. All creation. This is a day of new, this is what, this is old school new creation pre-pandemic. We used to have more animals in here. All right, so this is your soil. This is your plot of pain. And I want you to, as an exercise, as a, as a practice, would you pray? Would you take this plot of soil and would you pray each day about and for that point of pain, whatever God's brought to your heart. Maybe it's something very personal. Maybe it's something uh, at work in someone's life that you care about and love. It's a stronghold. But I want you to pray. And I also want you to water. And I want you to put this near the light. I want you to cultivate this land. And I want you to, I want it to be nice, Walter. It's okay. <laughs> Don't kill the cat. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to name that cat Satan. All right. Are you guys paying attention? This is, this is super serious. So use the plot of land, man. And, and, and I want you to cultivate it. And I want you to remember, I want you to do this until you see that little, that little seed kind of break through. Who knows? Maybe it won't. Maybe it's a century plant. Maybe I gave you a century seed. But I want you to cultivate this land. And I want you to remind you. I want it to, I want it 
to remind you to call you to that working with Jesus, working with Jesus in the midst of pain as you weep and as you wait, confident that he weeps with you, that he waits with you, but he's also working with you to bring about fruit in your life. So as um, Mark comes up, we're going to sing a, a, a song that has some connection to this, and we're going to um, respond with our voices to the good news that Jesus is working in the midst of our suffering.